podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Hello there, boys and girls and everybody else. Welcome to There and Back Again, the Pod Syndicate bonus show where myself, Ian from Film Bastards, say hello. Hello. And Becky from Film Bastards. Hello. Where we travel through the saga of Peter Jackson's Middle Earth films. We're on to number five, so we're nearly at the end. We're on to the, the second in the Hobbit trilogy, The Desolation of Smaug. Smaug, got to tell us to get that right. <laughs> and it's been a bit of an interesting ride, I'd say. So, I mean, we, there's not really any preamble on this other than if you are a fan of this, go over to see all the other Pod Syndicate shows out there. Just go to wearepodsyndicate.com and navigate there to your will. Will's content, and yeah, I'm I'm been interested to get into this one. So let's start with yourself, Ian. Obviously, just a little preamble. Becky, you hadn't seen this before, had you? No, no. And I said, me and Ian, I think I've haven't seen, but I haven't seen him since the cinemas. Sorry. So going back, Ian, what what was your first thoughts regarding um, the desolation of Schmaug? Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting. I went into unexpected journey, kind of dreading it, and then ended up, you know, thinking it was perfectly okay. You know, not not nearly at the level of either of the the free Lord of the Rings films, but you know, okay. And I remembered liking this one well enough, and I, I mean, I I'm not. I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't say it, it, it's it's overall shit, but maybe it's just with this extended edition. But fuck me, there's some filler here, is there not? Mm. Wow, we. Um, and it just, you know, the the thing with the Lord of the Rings films, I mean, particularly Two Towers and Return of the King, is that you've got an awful lot of plate spinning. You know, you've got a a lot of different characters in a lot of different places doing a lot of different things and this seeks to replicate that kind of that that kind of formula um you know you got gandalf just seemingly fucking off when the go like that <laughs> bit where he's like there outside the forest he's like um actually i just forgot i left the kettle on oh <laughs> um, it is uh something else um but no they they they're trying to do what all these different things and they're introducing the elves and it's like i like lee pace well enough as an actor am i that bothered about him being a dodgy elf nah nah take him out take him out um but yeah i mean like the core group that i liked in unexpected journey i like them here as well i think the sequence in murkwood forest i want to call it is like really interesting i like i kind of like how dragged out that them kind of just slipping into the spell of the forest is um but yeah i mean what generally we'll get into it but i think there's definitely some extraneous characters uh i think it's yes it's an extended edition but it's still far too fucking long and i forgot just how inconsequential what they they are doing at the end is when Smaug just busts out of there anyway. Mm. Uh, 
How about um, you, Becky? How how, yeah. how was it on first watch? Um, well, I was always concerned about watching the Hobbit trilogy, which obviously I explained last time. It it doesn't seem like a book that could be split across three movies, and that was always one of my concerns. And then I really I really enjoyed the first one. Um, I thought the pacing of it was quite good. It didn't feel fillery um, or padded out or anything. Whereas this one all my concerns as to where all the padding would go to make it into three films it's there's there's what it's two hours 41 minutes the film i would say probably two and a half hours of this feel like filler um oh dude hey. so you watch the theatrical edition as well then yeah. I, how long's the the extended is just over three hours. I wouldn't have been able to cope. Yeah. I had to restart this this movie about three times because it, it's so ploddy that my attention just started wandering. I had to, I had to, so I I kept having to rewind to go go back to to bits because it was like, what? Hang on a second. I was thinking about something else there. I, I was sorting it out in my head what I was having for dinner because it just it's just not gripping at all. Mm-hmm. Um. And I watched it in its entirety over the last couple of days, and and yeah, did did not enjoy it at all. There's a there's a few good bits in it. I mean, the the bit with um, Smaug in his his lair at the end is is really really good, but the issue is there's so much crap padding in between the good bits that it's too long of a journey by the time you get to the good bits it's it's lost me i was i was really disappointed in it after how how much i actually enjoyed um unexpected journey yeah and i think that is going to be a unanimous opinion Mm. on this one because i remember in the last episode i said i was actually quite looking forward to this one because i remember liking it in the cinema and now i don't know if again i don't know if it's just because of the um extended version but yeah i did not know what i was thinking because like i i i remember seeing this in the cinema and thinking do you know what after unexpected journey which originally i didn't like but i, I thought it's actually quite fine now i was like oh jackson's found a bit little bit of his mojo back after the disappointments of the first but yeah i have no idea what i was thinking other than I think you mentioned that Merkwood scene, which is really good and amps up that sort of that horror element and the more Jacksonified, well, what I would associate with Jackson's filmmaking, that creepy, that sort of kind of scary but family friendly. Um, and it's the sequence with the spiders is is great, and I love what they do with the fact that when Bilbo's got the ring on, that he can hear them talk in the the other world or whatever it's called. And yeah, at, at the end, Smaug um, is interesting, but pretty much everything in between. Like, I don't know what it did for the plot. Um, and even at the beginning, when they go see the bear guy, I mean, all all he says is basically is like, "Don't go to Merkwood," <laughs> and they, they go to Merkwood anyhow. <laughs> it's like and, it it they're chased. Oh, yeah. that's 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 the guy. He doesn't like dwarfs. The dwarfs are introduced. He seems kind of okay with the dwarfs because he hates orcs more. Leaves film. Yeah. yeah. I have and no idea. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where do you think, I know like sometimes studios are like, 
this film needs to come in under two hours. I know it's a whole thing about the social network because the script was like 180 pages, but um, David Fincher was like, this film will be under two hours long. And it was. I think it's the thing is like one hour, 59 minutes and 50 something seconds. Oh. Whereas because of what came before with the Lord of the Rings, I honestly think that there must have been some sort of contractual agreement that these films had to be over two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, it's fascinating because when they were originally announced, they were going to be two films. Yeah. Um, and then apparently Jackson himself said, and, it, you know, apparently it really was Jackson said, look, there's enough material here for three films. Um, and I mean, like the whole, push pull of jackson with this whole thing is fascinating because he obviously didn't want to direct it it's why del toro mm. was there you know um but it, it, del toro left proceedings so like it, it, i mean there was a whole wrangle with mgm like nearing bankruptcy and whatnot and then because it was delayed del toro had to step out and then jackson had to step in to basically save people's jobs it was a very admirable thing to do and even though to be fair he probably also had quite a financial stake in the fucker as well that you know mm-hmm. let's let's call it how it is um but that whole push pull of that but then but hey i've got loads of material here and you know it's it, it's for what because I, I i swear to fucking god from the minute they enter the elf kingdom until Bilbo having the conversation with Smaug. I'm like, this lot can get in the bin. I do not care at all. You know, I, 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 I mean, it, it, it just, sorry. So it, it just shows you just how much of a cultural impact this film has because I, I had completely, completely forgot that Evangeline Lilly was in this this series <laughs> of films. I forgot Stephen Fry was in this. Completely yeah. forgot he was in it, and Luke Evans, to be fair. Um, it's so crazy. But again, for me, I remember talking in the first um, one about the set pieces and the action scenes feeling like roller coasters. And that sort of continued in this one as well. And part of me at the beginning, I was like, is this just Jackson being indulgent, having the technology which he didn't have whilst filming Lord of the Rings and going a bit haywire? But then there was a shot um, at the end. I think it's it's Thorin on a chain or a rope, and Smaug's going after him, mm. and then something happened. I was like, "All right," and it's, it just really hit me. I was like, "This was filmed in the height of 3D," and yeah, how yeah. much yeah. I think that has actually dictated all the action she- action sequences. And when you do see the shots and how how the cameras moving, near enough every decision is has that in mind, and it's. Maybe great for when you're watching the cinema, but as a home viewing ten years later, it just ages it. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, that, that's that's a fucking interesting point, that George. Um, and I, I think I think you're right. It's all it's all obviously with the 3D in mind. Um, I mean, I suppose this isn't Jackson, but one thing that 3D did bring to action in cinema was. Um, wider shots with less cutting you know um mm. you look at michael bay's transformer films the non-3d ones and the 3d ones and the the, the difference is fucking palpable like it, it really really is um and, and, it, and it can be done well because i mean even though it's an animated movie there is a great 3d one shot in tintin oh Tintin's, it's yeah. superb 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I rewatched Tintin uh, last year, and that that action sequence like basically stands up with any action sequence in any blockbuster in mm. in that decade. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, the thing is, I I was just I was mentally checked out by that point. You know, it was like right, they're gonna try and trap Smaug. Cool. What are they up to? It's all a bit dark. That one's over there. That one's over there. They're leaping around all over the place. They're going to try and like uh, encase him in gold. And oh, he's just going to break out anyway. And I, I, I like that the film ends on such a down beat. Uh, is it, like, remind me, is it Martin Freeman saying, what have we done? And then cut yeah. to black. I mean, that yeah. that's a great fucking ending. Um, but it comes after probably 20 minutes of CG green screen 3D action, which just isn't it, it isn't particularly thrilling. Um, I mean, to be fair, the only action you really get in this film is what? The barrel chase down the river, some of it shot on GoPro. You can still fucking tell with some of those shots. Mm. Um <laughs> And then that dragon sequence. Are there any other actions? And I'm not saying I need an action sequence every 20 minutes, otherwise I go to sleep. But you need something else there if you don't have the action, especially for a film as egregiously long as both the theatrical and extended editions are. And the, the, sorry, the dog's playing with <laughs> something in the background. Um, and it, it, I, it, yeah, I this this one really was ju- just Peter Jackson. Fuck off, mate. It was yeah, a slog. Yeah, it, Sorry. <laughs> it was such a slog. Absolutely mm-hmm. such a slog. But again, it's what did you think about that whole Lake Town um, part, Becky? Because again, it's like introduced characters that weren't in the books and it, it, it's it's really hard to introduce characters when a series is already happening and saying, Oh, you've got to care for these. Mm, it just it just felt utterly pointless, to be honest. Um just I don't know. It's it didn't seem to kind of advance anything in any kind of tangible way, really. Yeah, and I think I mean to be honest, it's I don't know the actor's name, but it's, it's the guy who gets stabbed, and he's he's the guy who was pulled dark. I know Becky, you know him, Aiden Turner. Aiden Turner. But it's like, yes, let's have a love story between him and an elf, just because he's the only elf, uh, dwarf that actually looks like a human. Yeah, and the <laughs> all the rest of them are like quite tall for a for a dwarf. What so yeah. he's 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 a feasible choice because he's a, a few inches taller than the rest of them. Like in the first one, I, I I don't feel like he's significantly taller or looks or they've made him look significantly taller than the rest of them in the first one. But obviously they've shoehorned that in for this one. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, just just that entire subplot and the fact that we get introduced to Legolas again, I'm just like, do we really need that? Do we really need this kind of bloated fist Legolas turning up? And um, and again, it's maybe is one of my things regarding Jackson is the fact that I think he is swayed by an audience because, for example, in the first of the Lord of the Rings, you get a sequence where. Legolas goes up onto the, the troll's head, like sort of climbs up and it looks kind of cool. Mm. Mm. And then he just, he extends that in the second one. 
in 2000 extends that again in Return of the King. It's all over the the second Hobbit film. Like he he surfs on about seven different orcs' backs and different <laughs> things, and it's just like okay, well, calm it down a little bit. Mm. Um, For a character that's uh, not in the book at all, to then make him so pivotal yeah. just seems a bit. Well, yeah. I guess that, I mean this is the thing because if 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 memory serves, Toriel of Angeline Lily's character is not in the book either. Um, no, she's completely created. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, why bother? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I, 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 and literally, I think the answer is because they they were struggling for content and they mm. ended up just coming up with so much fucking faff that it was like yeah. shit. Let's do three of them. Let's make another billion. Yeah. The thing you is, know, they should have, I was talking to Mark about this. They should have made the Hobbit first as like they could have. It could have been a nice little test as to whether people were sort of going to be invested in this kind of um, thing. They could have done the Hobbit. It would have done well if they'd made it as one or even fucking two movies. And then they could have gone, well, fuck, that worked. Let's make the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Instead, they've done it the other way around. So timeline wise, it's it feels all over the place because you're asking people to go back, which obviously you can do. Prequels are a thing, but it it it's you've then got the they've like like the beginning of the the first Hobbit where they've got the whole bit with um oh fucking hell, what's his name? Ian Holm. Sure. Yeah. Um sat and fucking Frodo's rocking up and stuff like that. And it's like they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had to do that and it wouldn't have then felt as hokey but, but that, that's one thing to be honest if the, if the if the hobbit came out before the lord of the rings it would be one movie mm. it just would be like they would it, not have the only reason why it is two or three is because the lord of the rings was so successful and obviously that was three movies because it was three books yeah but yeah it feels and again it's like the inclusion of Gandalf's side story and like if he went through what he goes through in this movie, why is he so chill at the start of the Lord of the Rings films <laughs> at the beginning? Yeah. Because and it's where retconning goes really a bit of rare because it kind of begins to soil the product before it. And it's like, okay, well, Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings finds out that Sauron is kind of back. Well, no, mm. that can't be right because He's just seen him in a vision or in um, the necromancer layer or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it, it sort of makes you think and just say, right, okay, well, you're just ruining what came before it because Lord of the Rings were so special and these just feel like empty vessels. And that's an interesting point. Um, I noted this in our um, in our WhatsApp, and I'm kind of intrigued because Bex uh, watched the theatrical. Um Thorin's dad is in the extended, but I think on IMDb, I think it was, he's credited as extended edition, mm. which made me think, like, when Gand, I'm, I'm assuming the bit where Gandalf goes to the, like, necromancer's lair is in the theatrical books, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Is Thorin's dad in that bit? There's think... a guy with tattoos on his face. No, I think so. Not that I remember. Like, fuck it. Like, that's bizarre. It, it, that's, and he brings absolutely nothing to the story. No, no, I mean, he brings nothing to the story, but he's around enough that they must have cut around that like no one's business. Bex, just for context, right? Like, Gandalf finds 
Like, there's, like, some sort of presence there, and then Gandalf does a spell, and it's revealed to be Thorin's dad. Right. Um, And, he, I mean, they have quite a bit of dialogue. Like, I'd imagine, mm. like, if, if that version is about 20 minutes longer, a, a good, a goodly chunk of it is going to be purely that. <laughs> and I, I and I know, like, you know, John Noble is in the extended edition of The Two Towers in that flashback, but it's a flashback where the whole flashback is set not in the theatrical this it's like literally there must be individual fucking shots that are just mm. cut out of the theatrical i and i mean it just it just says something about the pointlessness like you said jord of that character that they didn't see the need for him to be in the theatrical one despite the fact he's in that fucking location and yet here he is in the extended. And I get that the all right, Kiki. I get that the extended edition is um sorry, I just gotta throw something for her. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that sounded like a person in the background doing the impression of a dog. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. makes some she makes some funny fucking noises, I tell you what. Like she does she does make me laugh. Um but no, no I mean it just like the and that I think is kind of symptomatic of these films though you know where you have got characters in scenes who were just there for no reason like i and i fucking hate to say this but toriel is there because they want to have some sort of love interest she's yes she is powerful she is strong she gets some ass kicking to to do herself but she is there so Aiden Turner and Evangeline Lilly can have like a love interest thing to essentially appeal to another demographic. You know, mm. that it, it there's so there are there are decisions like the, the three films instead of two with this trilogy that do just feel like what what is gonna make us more money? You know, okay, well, if we've got Evangeline Lilly and Aiden Turner, I don't know where Aiden Turner was kind of like in his career at this time. But I mean, like being human would have been before this, I'm sure. He left uh, being human to do this. To do this. Okay. There, there you go then. You know, so he kind of was hot shit, especially for people who had seen being human. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it, Lord of the Rings is a trilogy that feels like it was made with love. The Hobbit, the, these films, and I, I, I liked An Unexpected Journey enough, and this one has got its moments, but it feels like contractual obligation, the franchise, and the pop yeah. culture effect that it's had, which is to say a fart in an elevator, I, 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 I think absolutely bears that out. 100%. It, it does. It just feels... As I said, it just feels empty. Like, mm. there really isn't any love for the characters. I mean, yeah, I, I quite like Bilbo. I quite like Martin Freeman as Bilbo. Yeah. But it, it's nothing that I can really grasp hold to. It's like Richard Armitage, Thorin's character. Do I, do I really care for him on his journey? Not really. And I actually think Richard Armitage, I haven't really seen him in that much. I know he's a TV guy, but I think he's actually more famous for stage work. And that's what I think you can tell in this. I think he plays some some scenes so big, and he might be trying to get through the makeup and everything and the hair, but he just 
is sometimes too brooding and too. I'm not really sure what I'm trying to say, but yeah, he 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 tries too hard. Yeah, it it the the thing is, he's stoicism in a character. You know, like he is the respectable leader, and that is it. You know, like that that bit at the end of uh, Unexpected Journey where. Like he he fakes out Bilbo. It's like actually, yeah, you are all right, aren't you? I didn't expect you to be this courageous. G- great, D- but I don't know. Maybe play that as uh, play that for a laugh instead of like, oh, he's earned his respect. Like yeah. he, he he's not someone you'd imagine going for a fucking pint with, is he? Like he he just look at the ale, like all and just like just think of all the ales he used to have when his kingdom was great. <laughs> he would. He wouldn't have a fucking laugh, and I, I, I don't know. Well, considering he's probably the second lead of this, uh, no, maybe the third lead of this trilogy. Nah, nah. And I, 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 I think you're right. You're right, but I mean, uh, Martin Freeman is good, and the highlight of this film for me, his conversation with Smaug, like the highlight in the first one, his conversation with Gollum. You know, it, 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 those moments do do have some magic in them, and but you know the 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 the, the fellowship have all uh, all play their part in Lord of the Rings. In the Hobbit, I couldn't fucking name half the dwarfs, let alone like tell you anything about them. There is bajillions of them. Uh, yeah, that's, oh. they do get lost. The only the only ones that I know are the ones that who I know the actors. Like I know who James Nesbitt is. Straight up. Um, I know who, but in whatever his face, obviously I don't know who he is. Um, but is it Ken Stott? Yeah. Then um, who plays Barley? He is one of my favorite characters. In I think he is one of the only dwarf characters that actually shines. Yeah. Because I think he just brings a nice warmth to it. I mean, you got that fucking wet blanket one. You've got Aiden Turner. Then his brother's a bit of a wet blanket. You got the big the, one, you, the bald one, who's like the hard one who comes up through through the toilet. Oh, through the toilet. He's normally, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that that, that that's it, and it's oh god, you're just spending. So, honestly, I thought I was watching this film all day on Saturday. Mm. I just it, it felt like I was literally watching it from dawn till dusk, mm. and I didn't and get an unexpected journey. Sorry. No, neither did I, and that's what surprised me about rewatching these because obviously they've completely switched places. But if mm. I had to hear one of those kids say "da" one more time, it's like whose decision was that? It just sounds—I don't know if it's just put to try to make him sound Welsh because Luke Evans is Welsh, but just just say, just say "father" or, yeah. or or dad or it's just "da da da." Oh, it, it, every time it was just like nails down a chalkboard. Da, da. I'm, I'm trying to do it now. Hello, da, da. Like, I, I, was that Welsh? Da. <laughs> you literally <laughs> live in Wales. I, I can't do it. I, <laughs> you it, should be better at this. No, and, and my father-in-law says this, and it's right. Whenever a non-Welsh person tries to do uh, a Welsh accent, it just comes out as Indian. <laughs> Never noticed that. <laughs> Is that? Hello, my name's David. 
that that was all right. It's all right, Welsh, to be honest. Actually, I was pretty impressive. Yeah. Well, no, I mean that's the thing. If I said that in front of Donna, she'd slap me. <laughs> Get her in. Try it. No, no <laughs> fucking way. Turn your camera on. Sorry. Uh, but, so turn your camera on so we can actually see Donna slap you. Oh yeah, so yeah. <laughs> oh man. But I mean, really, is there anything else that we need to talk about on this? I mean, it's one of those things I should say, like, like the cultural significance of it is gone. And that's kind of a shame. The thing is, they've made a really greedy fucking decision and tried to drag it out over three movies. And I know I bang on and on about it, but it, it's fucking ruined all three of them when they could have made one or possibly, like I say, two really good movies with decent pacing and no shitty padding in it and stuff like that. They've they've fucked themselves by being greedy. I just I I remember the build up to the third one was oh don't worry this one's the shortest and it's just a shitload of action and mm. it's like yeah I mean okay fair enough you're going to kind of see more action but again why is it three films because I mean I think the theatrical of the third one is only about two and a quarter hours. Um, I think the extended is only about two and a half, you know, which I mean, to say this about two and a half hour film is ridiculous, but that almost feels like an afterthought when the extended edition of return of the King is four hours, but that's four great fucking like five star banger hours, you know? Yeah. And it's like now with battle of the five armies, as I've said, every time I'm looking forward to seeing why it's a 15, but that is all the enthusiasm I've got going for it. But, but that's, to be honest, there was actually a few, within the extended edition, and probably weren't in the theatrical, I mean, there was a, some, quite a lot of violence, um, quite a lot of beheadings in this one, and, and arrows to the eye. So, like, it was it was a lot more um, full-on than I, than I remembered it, but I do think that's the extended edition rather than um, the theatrical so that if it does go full blown, because again, I think that's just the way that Jackson gets his fun on these movies is yeah. that he tries to make something a bit gory when it's in in a place where it kind of shouldn't be, and that's that's like his little one for me whilst he makes these films. Because again, the art made with love, I don't think they're made through stress. And made through sort of anxiety of just getting the job done, um, which I said yeah. is, is a absolute shame. And I think yeah, it's like just like, like the whole Lake Town sequence. Like I don't care about Luke Evans or his kids or Stephen Fry's character or the politics going on in in that sequence. It's just nonsense well this is the thing because like you know there's a bit of mystery to bard at first and then within about 10 minutes it's like now nah, he's all right actually he's a bit he's a bit of a hero around here why because we're telling you he is <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that 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 literally is it though he doesn't really actually what what does he do he gives away a bunch of fish for free but to be fair he only had that fish because he was like fucking Transporting these hobbits, uh, the, 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 these fucking dwarfs, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah, and I mean, Stephen Fry and whoever the fuck that guy is with him, like, no, just no, you, you know, mm. we've already had to fucking spend like half an hour with Lee Pace just being fucking passive aggressive, 
And now we've got to deal with Stephen Fry just be giving it all swimming in the river of ham. Yeah. yeah. It's a bad... God, the more I talk about it, it's a a fucking bad film, is this? It is. It is. Bitch. I, I, I don't know what I saw when I first watched it, because I remember, I remember coming out of it thinking, oh, do you know what? That was actually really, really good. But no, not at all. It, it's it's love for the universe, which do, goes a long way, and I'm not criticising you for that. It goes a, lot, a, a long way, you know, and it, Martin Freeman is good. And, you know, Ian McKellen's dependably great. You know, like, the performances. You can't say necessarily any of the performances are bad. They're just not necessarily given fucking anything to work with. Uh, apart from Stephen Fry, who is tonally just... Stephen, can you um, can you play uh, just kind of, like, corrupt, um, corpulent... Be- yeah, mare? bureaucratic. Yes, yeah. I can. Uh, where's my chicken leg? You know, uh, it... it uh, but 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 it's even Thorin. It's like, okay, his arc throughout the first film is that does he trust Bilbo? Does does he want to be there? Um, and at the end, he's like he calls him out, and then he goes, "Oh, do you know what? You were meant to be here." But that is literally completely repeated in this one, mm-hmm. where where it goes to the point where he's saying, "I'm not sacrificing this um, journey." For one burglar, I was like, "Well, you're literally just doing the same. It's the same character in the same movie with the same arc. It just feels unthought out um, as a story, which doesn't seem right. And again, it is it, it is the fact that they had to make these films to be a certain length, mm. which I don't understand the reason. Make them all two hours, and I bet you'd have two pretty decent." Um, energetic movies. Yeah, yeah, because you're already stretching them over three movies. You then stretch them out to near as damn it three hours long, and it's like there's not enough. Like you said, there's not enough content there. No, and that's it. I think, and don't get me wrong. I think it would be forgiven to create a content for them if the new content was decent. Um, mm. However, the new content isn't. So therefore, I think, just makes it feel even more egregious. Um, egregious. Mm. Yeah. But hey, um, well, I think that's probably it for the desolation of Smaug. Mm-hmm. Um, which was not as good as remembered. But hey, we've got one more left, and um, the Battle of the Five Armies. And the only thing that I actually remember of the Battle of the Five Armies, and I won't say. Like what happens, but is is the Billy Connolly character? That is my only memory of that film. Billy Connolly's in it, really? I can't. Yeah, wow. I think for a few seconds. Um, <laughs> so, but that is my only memory of that movie. So, therefore, I'm quite quite looking forward to seeing what it is and how it actually feeds in. Because, again, Becky, try and correct me if I'm wrong, but. There really is there a battle at the end of the Hobbit, the book? Yeah, there so must I can't be. remember the being. I can't remember. I can't remember to be honest. The end of it. I was thinking this the other day. Like I can't remember the end of the story. So I um, thought it was the, the, they went to the, they went to um, the mountain. They defeated Smaug. They went back to 
whichever town that we were in, and then she went home. Like, that was my memory of the book, but I haven't read the book in, God, 15 years. Are there five armies? <laughs> that was only three. Was Jackson added it. another two. Sorry. I was, I was going to reread it and um, put my books, my book of it's in the loft. I can't bother to go in the loft. But yeah, it says, yeah. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Uh, Arkenstone. Blah, 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 blah. Da, 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 da. Yeah, five armies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> oh. Wikipedia tells me that there is. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right, so we'll be back in a few weeks with that. I'm guessing, boys and girls. I'm yep. just really hoping that they've got all their padding out of the way and that the third one's okay. If we'll I soon my, find if memory, out. If memory serves me correctly, I think the third one was the least liked out of, like, critically out of a lot yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. But hey, we'll find out very, very shortly. Still yeah. made $950 million worldwide. <laughs> that's the thing is that there were I think bad decisions but there were definitely the right decisions for the studio because they made a ton of money I think the other Stephen the um, third one made like 950 or 940 million as well so to have three films basically make a billion each there's yeah. money I mean Hobbit did ju- like I think I read it was like a billion and 17 million so it just about got over the line the other two did both did about 950 million so you know there was a like you know circa 5% drop off which mm. you know isn't nothing and probably is you know well is an indication that like some people did go see the first and thought Nah, fuck it, I'm not that bothered. But then again, that happened with the bloody Star Wars as well. Like, Episode 7 was fucking gigantic. Episode 8, less so. And Episode 9, less so. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, But I I don't know. Even though, to be fair, if you told me right now, Ian, you can go see a Star War in uh, the cinema, but it's got to be Rise of Skywalker, but you can see it tonight, I'd rip your fucking arm off. So, um... (laughs) Six weeks. Oh, well... Six weeks, yes. So I think that brings to an end our Desolation of Smaug episode. We'll be back with the final part of this series um, in a few weeks' time. But yeah, that is goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye. We'll see you in a few weeks.